Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to Round the Cauldron, where we talk theology, philosophy, and everyday life as a modern witch. Follow the show on social media, subscribe to the newsletter, and watch the show live on YouTube. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to help other witches find me. Don't forget, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron for as little as a dollar a month and get patron-exclusive content. If you're ready to hop into the show, grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me round the cauldron. So today I want to talk about some holiday lore, some Christmas traditions that have their roots in some form of paganism or pagan celebration. However, first, I need to apologize to anyone that wanted to watch this podcast as a live stream. We are having major issues with our internet provider in my area, and my internet on Wednesday was just in and out all day long, so I didn't want to run the risk of doing a live stream and it cutting off in the middle or just not being good quality. So I do apologize. Hopefully it will be back up and running at peak capacity the way it's supposed to be pretty soon because I do enjoy doing the live streams of the podcast recording on YouTube as well. With that said, if you also enjoy the the YouTube channel and the videos that I post there and the live streams. Make sure that you're subscribed and that you like the videos. It helps me out in the YouTube algorithm and we all know how much algorithms are just the bane of our existence and you subscribing and liking the videos actually helps those videos get recommended to more people who could benefit from them. So if you want to subscribe and like the videos, I would really appreciate it as well. Lastly, don't forget that I am doing a December giveaway because Round the Cauldron turned one this year. The giveaway ends on December 31st, midnight Pacific Standard Time, and I am giving away a copy of the Pagan Tarot deck and a Citrine Crystal. So if you haven't already, make sure you're following me on Instagram so that you can see pictures of those. And head over to roundthecauldron.com giveaway. I'll leave a link in the show notes to enter that giveaway. I believe there are four ways that you can enter. So you get the one obligatory entry and then three extras. It is done through Rafflecopter, so you might have to create a free account through Rafflecopter, but it is one of the easiest ways for us small people that work by ourselves to host a giveaway and a raffle and things like that. So don't forget to enter the giveaway. It does end on December 31st. And I can't wait to see who wins the deck. I haven't opened the box. I haven't unwrapped it or anything like that. It's still in its box. But I have looked at pictures of it online and it's an interesting deck. And I think it's really pretty. And I think whoever gets it will enjoy it. 
and also the citrine crystal is just really beautiful as well so don't forget to enter the giveaway again the link for that will be in the show notes roundthecauldron.com slash giveaway so now we can really hop into what I wanted to talk about today um, but I want to preface this with sort of a disclaimer I'm not against other religions. I'm not against Christianity or the religious side of Christmas. I simply think that it's important for those who celebrate Christmas or who use the specific traditions of like Christmas trees and mistletoe and Christmas carols, I think it's important to know the history behind those and why why they happen and why we do them. So, please do not take this as a, like, bashing of Christmas and Christianity. It is simply a little bit of historical education. So, the first thing that I want to mention is the use of holly. So, holly is actually one of the sacred plants of the god Saturn and during the festival of Saturnalia, the Romans actually used holly not only as a decoration, but they would give it to others as a gift to mark friendship and good fortune for the year ahead. Now, according to history.com, um, people decorated their homes with wreaths and other greenery, and they shed their traditional togas in favor of colorful clothes known as synthesis. Even slaves did not have to work during Saturnalia, but were allowed to participate in the festivities. In some cases, they sat at the head of the table while their masters served them. So a lot of our Christmas traditions are actually derived from the ancient festival of Saturnalia from Roman times. And this includes things like giving gifts, singing carols, and even it is speculated that it is where we get the day that Christmas is celebrated on. So Christmas is celebrated on the 25th of December and Saturnalia, as far as I have read, was traditionally celebrated from December 17th through December 23rd, but that was using a different calendar. And on today's calendar, December 23rd is actually December 25th. So that's just an interesting tidbit, I guess. Um, it's also interesting to note that during Saturnalia, the Romans would loosen the ropes and the ties that bound their cult statue of Saturn and, um, like, loosen loosen the ties because I guess they would have, like, rope around the statue's ankles or something, and that would represent his liberation. And then each household would choose a mock king to be the king of misrule. This person would actually then go around and it would be their mission to be rude to guests, to chase people around, and to just cause all-around general mischief. Um, I'm really glad that that's not what Christmas is like today because I would rather it be about frivolity and happiness and joy and not mischief and rudeness and all of that stuff. But I don't know the cultural connotations of Saturnalia. I'm not an ancient Roman, so... I don't know, and I don't worship the god Saturn, so I, I don't know much about him. Something else that might have its roots in paganism is the origins of Santa Claus. Now, 
Santa Claus isn't the only sort of mystical being that makes themselves known this time of year. There's Santa, there's Sinterklaas, there's Krampus. There's so many others that honestly I don't know much about all of them because let's face it, I'm American and in our schools we're not taught about other cultures. It's anyways, that's a completely separate topic. <laughs> um but Santa is based on a real person who was named Saint Nicholas. And Saint Nicholas was the patron saint of children and he was known for his secret gift giving really across the land from where he was from. So in the Netherlands, as far as I'm aware, in the Netherlands, Belgium, France, and many other places, the feast of Sinterklaas is still celebrated. And Sinterklaas is one of the main sources for our legend of Santa. Now, Sinterklaas is the legendary figure that's based on Saint Nicholas, and he has many other names, but his feast day is celebrated on December 6th. And I've actually, I follow someone on Instagram um, who celebrates this Sinterklaas, the feast of Sinterklaas, um, by, I think it was leaving shoes out by the fireplace, and then the shoes would then be stuffed full of candy and goodies for the children um, by Sinterklaas which is really interesting. Um, I really enjoy learning about other cultures and other traditions. It's nice to see the origins of our American capitalized version of Christmas and Santa. There's also another theory that Santa is loosely based on the Norse god Odin. It's said that Odin would fly across the sky at night, um, with all of the gods on one night in winter, and he would bestow gifts upon those who were in his good favor and cause mischief for those that were not. Um, what's interesting to note here is the older versions, the older images of Santa before Coca-Cola got a hold of him and made him a fat, jolly, happy man. He was a, like, slimmer, he looked more like a, like a wizard, like Gandalf the Grey. Um, I'll see if I can find some pictures and post them in the show notes and on Instagram. Um, but his previous description before Coca-Cola is closer to that of the descriptions of the Norse god Odin. And it's interesting to note that Santa has a reindeer that fly his sleigh. Nine, if you count Rudolph, I can't forget Rudolph. My daughter would never forgive me. Um... And Odin has a horse that he rides through the sky on, and his horse has eight legs. So that's an interesting correlation. There's there's not a lot of scholarly evidence, I guess, to say that that's where that basis comes from. But it's a nice theory. You know, you can't discount the coincidences. And then we can talk about Christmas carols. Christmas carols. So one of the most asked questions I see in pagan communities during this time of the year is where is the Yule music? Where is the winter solstice music? And I think it's because Christmas music is abundant. There is so much Christmas music out there, but all, not all of it, a lot of it is heavily steeped in Christianity and monotheistic traditions. Um, that 
it doesn't feel right to me personally to sing a Christmas carol about the baby Jesus and um, things of that nature because it's not something that I hold true in my heart. So Christmas carols and Christmas music actually have a history. Um, now the history of Christmas carols is twofold. Uh, it used to be called wassailing. I think I'm saying that right. But it goes back to England even before the 1700s. And there's there's two versions. So the first version is uh, wassailing the neighbors. And the second version is wassailing the crops, which is actually a much older tradition. Both of these traditions involved singing to someone or something else. And they both involved wishing goodwill upon the recipient for the new year. But wassailing your neighbors doesn't have an innocent past, I guess you could say. Like, wassailing the crops was just something you'd, you would do. You would go out to your crops, you would drink, and you would sing songs to your crops to help them grow. Wassailing your neighbors came about as a way for the peasant class to beg their more wealthy neighbors for gifts and good cheer without it being deemed as begging. I actually have a clip here of an old English Christmas carol called Here We Come Awa Sailing. And I'll go ahead and play a little clip for you and I will leave a link to the full song in the show notes so you can go listen to it. reminds me of the uh, the movie A Christmas Carol where the spirits of Christmas have to scare Ebenezer Scrooge into sharing his wealth, essentially. And when people go wassailing, they're not scaring their neighbors into sharing their wealth and their good cheer. They're just sort of begging for it. And... There are some songs out there that are old that were sung that if the people who were being sung to did not bestow gifts and good cheer, then the people who were singing would essentially just invite themselves in and cause all kinds of mischief. I'll see if I can find a clip of another Christmas carol that really shows that. And it's weird to think about because when you sing these songs, you don't really think about what it actually means. You just sing the songs because that's the lyrics and it's Christmas and you're singing a Christmas carol to be in the mood for Christmas. But once you, once you look at the lyrics of what you're actually singing, you can, you can see that the history behind Christmas carols isn't as innocent as you would think. 
Now, the tradition of singing to your neighbors, it's changed from one of disguised begging to one of a true blessing. And it's not practiced much here in my area where people go door to door and sing to neighbors. I have done it in the past where I used to live in California when I was a part of something called Job's Daughters. We would go and we would sing Christmas carols in different neighborhoods uh, several nights a week. It's not done here in Central Oregon as far as I can tell where people go door to door. However, it is done by certain schools at public events. They'll gather, they'll sing songs. And, um, you know, it's, it's always nice to see, and it does bring a smile to everyone's face and it just puts everyone in a really good mood, no matter how much you don't like Christmas music because you worked retail for so long and everything is just ruined for you. I know that's not just me. <laughs> So one of the last things I want to talk about is the Celtic origins and winter solstice. Uh, these three things are going to be like mistletoe, the Yule log, and the Christmas tree. So mistletoe is a staple during Christmas time, but it actually has its roots in the beliefs of the Druids. The Druids believed that mistletoe protects the user or the building or wherever the mistletoe is hanging from. It protects it from thunder, lightning, and evil spirits. It's also said that mistletoe is a magical plant um, and that we kiss under the mistletoe because in ancient times when enemies would meet under the mistletoe, they would be compelled to lay down their weapons and call a truce. Now, I can't find a legitimate source for this, so take it with a grain of salt, but it is a fun little tidbit of information if it is 100% accurate. Don't quote me on the accuracy of that. I read it and I could not find a legitimate source for it. Um, however, it is interesting to note that mistletoe, for being so pretty, it's believed to have healing powers due to its hardiness because it's technically a parasitic plant that grows on trees seemingly from nothing. It'll just sprout and grow and grow and grow. And it doesn't actually grow on the ground, just on the trees. And then everybody's favorite holiday tradition is the burning of the Yule log. Now, it's still called a Yule log. Even though a lot of people that burn the Yule log or they turn that channel on on their TV to the Yule log burning, they don't call it a Christmas log. They don't call it a baby Jesus log. It's a Yule log. And to this day, we call it a Yule log as a testament to how old, um, as a testament to how the old tradition has survived throughout the years. The burning of the Yule log today is, it's just a small reminder of the ancient bonfires that were held to welcome the sun back to our side of the world. At those bonfires and the celebration at the winter solstice, a part of the bonfire would actually be taken back to every home and the hearth fires would be relit with the new fire from the solstice celebration. Now, I'm not sure through my research if it's literally like everybody took a piece of the wood while it was on fire and used that to relight their fires at home because during the winter solstice celebrations, it is thought that all hearth fires were put out so that the only fire that would be lit in the village or in the area was the winter solstice bonfire. We don't know for sure 
if they just took a piece of the wood home with them or if they actually took embers. We're not entirely sure. We just know that they, they stated that a piece of the bonfire was taken and used to relight their hearth fires at home. And that's a really nice way of bringing that energy into your home for the protection and just for welcoming back the sun and the days so that, you know, life will resume in the springtime and the livestock will have babies and the birds will be singing and all of the plants will grow. Lastly, we can talk about Christmas trees. Now, through my research, I have found that the Druids held, well, not just the Druids, a, a lot of ancient peoples, Druids, the Celtic people, the Romans, they held evergreens to, uh, like, on a pedestal because evergreens are a really hardy plant and they don't actually die out during the winter like everything else. The Celtic people revered the evergreen tree for this reason and the evergreen tree is associated with life, abundance, health, um, and rebirth. So the trees were actually decorated during Saturnalia by the Romans and during winter solstice and that tradition has really carried over into the modern time. A lot of people have Christmas trees. So does it really matter in the scheme of things where these traditions are coming from? I mean, not necessarily. Not unless you're a historian or an anthropologist or something of the sort. I don't think the pagan origins of Christmas traditions are all that important in the grand scheme of things, but it is good to know why we do the things we do. And there are a lot of reasons why these traditions would have crossed boundaries from their pagan origins to Christmas and to Christianity. Some of the reasons for that cross-contamination of cultures and religions, they're, they're going to be more complex. Some of the reasons are more simple. I mean, the traditions might have been brought over from paganism willingly and innocently from those who converted from paganism to Christianity. These traditions, as far as ancient times go, weren't necessarily tied 100% to their religious belief. They are traditions that were passed down from generation to generation and it's just something that they did. And so when they converted from paganism to Christianity, those traditions stuck and they were able to find meaning for those traditions in Christianity as well. However, we also need to acknowledge the acts of the church during this time and their quest to convert everyone around them. You know, the church isn't innocent in this, but we don't live in ancient times anymore. And the best thing that we can do at this point is to learn from our history, enjoy the traditions that we enjoy, and create new ones if we want to create new ones. So final thoughts, you know, just enjoy the season. Enjoy the holiday season with your family. I know when this episode goes live, Yule will already have passed, but that's okay. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Yule, Winter Solstice, Saturnalia, or one of the other plethora of winter celebrations, we can all 
acknowledge that it's a magical time of the year full of happiness and friendship and mystery and mysticism and magic and it's just a it's a wonderful time of the year not uh not to be a sappy with the puns and music crossovers um I also want you to make sure that you keep that mindset going into the new year keep the mindset that people matter traditions matter to people for many different reasons and it's not up to you to decide what is an important tradition for someone and what they can and can't do when it comes to the winter solstice celebration as long as they are respecting cultures and not partaking in cultural appropriation um and don't use it as a time to point fingers and play the blame game and say, you know, well, your Christmas is pagan, so ha-ha, you're celebrating a pagan holiday. That doesn't work that way, guys. I mean, the origins of Christmas might might be pagan, but that was a long time ago. And anybody that is alive now has not played a part in in that at all. So, let people enjoy their holidays. Don't be rude. And take the mindset with you into 2020 of happiness and friendship and love and joy and move forward in the new year in that aspect as well. And also, if you're not done shopping yet, keep that in mind too. Shop small, shop local, and try not to get stuck in the capitalistic trap of holiday shopping because no matter what the origins of Christmas traditions are, we all know that this world currently runs on capitalism and money and everybody likes to have the best thing, buy the best thing, give the best gifts, but that's not what's important during this time of the year. It's the thought that counts. Don't put yourself into debt trying to buy the best gifts and be the best gift giver because when it comes down to it, that doesn't matter. That's not important at all. Just be a good person and enjoy enjoy the season with the people that you love. Um, before I leave you today, I want to ask you what your favorite holiday traditions are. Do you celebrate Christmas or Yule? And if you have a favorite tradition, I'd love to hear about it. Um, check out Instagram. I will be posting about mine there as well. Um, but my favorite Christmas tradition when I was growing up, since I grew up Christian, we did celebrate Christmas. My favorite tradition was making sugar cookies with my Nana. I haven't made sugar cookies with my Nana in years. We, we used to share a home together, but we no longer do. We actually live in separate states now and we have for a while. But I'm going to continue that tradition with my own daughter. This year, they're going to be Yule cookies for the winter solstice and the return of the sun. So enjoy the holiday season. And 
I wish you much love and much peace for this time of the year. And I will talk back at you later. Bye for now.